Oh, that was pretty awesome. <laughs> Welcome to the Keeping Pace podcast. Uh, the Pacers just took down the San Antonio Spurs 97-94 off of a Victor Oladipo game-winning three-pointer with 10 seconds left on the clock. Step back, had Lamar, uh, LaMarcus Aldridge on him on a switch and just hit it, and he was pumped up, and that was pretty awesome to see. Uh, he finished the game with 23 points, and you know he was not doing well coming into uh, the fourth quarter. And he ends up, uh, I think it was a three of nine shooting through three quarters and finishes the game at seven of 14 shooting, two of three from the three-point line, <laughs> including that one game-winning three-pointer. He did have seven turnovers in the game, and you know, he didn't look amazing, but who cares? Like when you hit the game-winning three-point shot and you basically you know win the game for your team just throughout the fourth quarter he was playing great and had uh just creating offense for the team and that's what he needs to do and it before he caught fire in the fourth quarter I'm thinking to myself watching this it's like okay like you know if Victor Oladipo has an off night this team can't really win unless something else you know some crazy stuff happens and someone really blows up and sure enough that still ends up being true but the you know he ended up coming through and that won the game for the team and he does look you know it's you're happy <laughs> you're happy if you're a Pacers fan especially without Sabonis look tonight too um, they just they both look great it, those two guys were on display and you know like let's be fair this is a Spurs team that doesn't have Kawhi Leonard but let's also be fair this is a Spurs team that started the, the season 4-0 and I was thinking that they were going to be pissed off because they got their ass kicked by the Magic. They just got totally trounced. It wasn't even, the game was just over in the first half, and you rarely see that with the Spurs. Um, so I thought they were going to come out like pissed off, and you know I didn't think it was going to be a game that they were going to you know be resting on their laurels, and the Pacers could take them by surprise or anything because they just got drubbed. Um, and you know I think that both teams were. You're a little sloppy on offense and sloppy in general. You know, it's a late afternoon Sunday game. Those games tend not to be very high scoring. Um, but yeah, I think this was a great win for the Pacers, especially because Miles Turner is still out, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But um, yeah, the Oladipo experience is really intense. It looks like he really likes playing in Indiana. You saw him at a few different points, you know, just trying to pump out the crowd. And it, you, we've seen him do that a couple of times so far. And really good play in the fourth quarter it just seems like he is their crunch time guy and you know he played really well uh, against Miami even though they lost that game they were just totally not in it and then he started blowing up in the fourth quarter um and I mean tonight was really impressive it's six games in we'll see how it goes he did have seven turnovers he looks iffy on defense and he like got some some ticky-tack fouls again and that's not something you're going to want to see he only finished with uh three fouls which is good um but yeah, <laughs> it's so awesome when you have a guy on your team that can be a crunch time score and someone that can just generate things. And, you know, looking at how hard he plays, it's kind of crazy to think that he was on the same team as Russ last year um, because that, you know, can you really have two guys going that hard? Um, so and he definitely wasn't playing this in this fashion with this aggression. You could tell he's kind of pissed off at this point. Um you know, hearing everything about how the Pacers got fleeced and just being dealt around and looks like it's a really good situation for him. Um, we'll see how it progresses with him being disciplined because he still makes a lot of mistakes, but Hey, 
but, but you know this is his this is his night he wins tonight um just an awesome shot and i'm sure we'll be seeing that replayed uh quite a bit uh in the next week or so and uh hey the other part of the paul george trade looked pretty damn good tonight too so uh domas Sabonis, 22 points perfect nine of nine shooting hit one three-pointer the only three-pointer they took uh, 12 rebounds, and he only had three fouls, and that was huge. That was huge. He played 32 minutes tonight, and um, he w- had some tricky defensive assignments. I mean, he was, you know, the Spurs' offense for this whole game was just LaMarcus Aldridge. That's it. Um, that that was the only consistent thing they had going, and we've seen things with Aldridge before where he can just he can be like unguardable sometimes, and he was getting to that point uh, tonight, and. They had both uh, Sabonis and Thad Young on him, and Thad did a little bit better. Um, Sabonis did have that one and one foul that was kind of bad, where he just had um, he was one on one with Aldridge, and Aldridge just took a turnaround jump shot, and he and Sabonis didn't let him land and sent him to the line. Um, but overall, I mean, that's a really tough defensive assignment, and he only finished with three fouls and was able to stay in the game. And he was hitting shots; he was looking awesome on the pick and roll. Um, hit that one three that he took and the play before he hit that three he had the same shot and he passed it up and it was good to see him get the same look again him being like okay I know I need to take this this time um, yeah he, I mean he looked awesome yeah like what more can you ask for 22-12 you know doing the best he can on defense and you know I mean it's not like Thad was able to stop LaMarcus Aldridge either I mean you know when someone's just hitting turnaround jump shots like that and it, you're it's not like he's like a small guy it's like what are you gonna do you know, you just that's a really hard thing to defend. But I think in a lot of ways, if that's, you know, the team's offense, it's not necessarily the worst thing in the world, because if they're just isoing and going hammering like Aldridge in in the post with like those turnaround jump shots, it kind of takes the whole team out of rhythm. And when he doesn't hit it, it's you know, it's not like there's if, if it's not there for them, then it's like they have nothing. It's not like this ball movement thing where. Like, the whole offense is flowing and everything like that. So, um, yeah, the Sabonis looked awesome, and I got to give props to him. I was a little bit skeptical of, you know, the offensive numbers. I mean, he was putting up these, like, really good field goal percentage numbers and scoring and grabbing rebounds, but he was just fouling so much on defense, and he did a really good job of that tonight. If he can just stay out of foul trouble and play solid defense, um, I think he's a, a, a really good player for, for the Pacers and a really good pickup in that trade. Um, and one thing that's going to be interesting too, like he's playing so well right now. And when Miles Turner comes back, is he just going to go back to being this bench center? And one thing I thought of, um, tonight was, uh, what if they move Thad Young over to the three for some minutes? And I don't know if that's really going to be a good thing overall. Um, you know, it seems like it would take away some speed, from them but Thad Young can definitely guard threes like he can guard small forwards that's no problem for him um and so if if they have Miles Turner and Sabonis out there like both of those guys can shoot a little bit um and like we'll see how you know Miles looks when he actually starts playing and can he actually be hitting some jump shots they're definitely going to lose speed and some versatility there and I don't know how Sabonis is going to look guarding fours but if they do have that lineup out there, if that's your front court, Thad Young at the three, Sabonis at the four, Miles Turner at the five. Um, and, you know, this might just be a situational lineup. I'm not saying this is necessarily going to be their starting lineup or something like that. 
But that lineup should crush the boards, and that's it's really going to depend. Like, can Thad hit threes? If like, is he comfortable with taking a lot of threes? And he looked uh, not great shooting them f through the first four games. And then he, I think he went three of six against the Thunder on threes. And then tonight he was two of five, and that's great. You know, that's forty percent. If if he's shooting forty percent from three, that's a huge win for the Pacers. Um, and yeah, it, it'd be interesting to see if they'll mess around with that lineup. And you know, when Miles comes back, because when you're looking at like you know the t best players on this team right now, I, I would still say Miles is is the best just because of his defense and consistency. But you know, I guess you could say him and Old Depot are probably tied from what we know right now, which is not too much. It's early in the season, but you know, you got Miles and Old Depot are kind of like your your two best players. And then you know, is is Sabonis might be number three it's like probably Sabonis and Thad um you know right there in that next tier so you know you want to have as many of your best players on the floor as you can and if you can make it work and you know Thad if Thad is shooting threes him at, at the small forward position is not that bad at all and Sabonis at the four I think that's kind of like rolling out two big men but if Miles is shooting and We'll see how Sabonis does shooting, but like, it could be a good situational lineup, especially because they just don't have any depth at the small forward position now. And um, speaking of the small forward position, our man Boyan finally hit some shots tonight, uh, and you could tell he was pumped to actually be hitting some threes. Like he was like, finally, finally, some of these shots are going in. He knows how important that is to his game, I and mean, he had uh, hit three in the the first half. He he looked really good in the first half offensively because he was hitting threes. Um, he finished with 15 points, 5 of 10 shooting, 3 of 5 from 3, 8 rebounds. Um, looked awful on defense still. He's not a good defensive player. Um, and he didn't really look good in the second half period. But um, at least like on a, a game with a game like this, it's like he's netting out as like in just an okay player. Like he's not hurting you. He's not really helping you. He's hurting you on defense, but he's helping you on offense. You could really see how the spacing with those three-point shots really helped out the Pacers. Um, there's a, you know, he started hitting him. There's one play when he was in the corner and got the ball um, behind three-point line. Spurs closed out really hard on him. He was able to just dump it down to Thad Young on the baseline for an easy layup because they were worried about the three-point shot. Um, and you, like that's something you know we all know this about NBA offense. Spacing helps. It's not just the fact that the shots are worth more points and everything like that. It's that. People have to guard you out there, and that opens things up, and it makes it easier to get better looks at the basket. So um, it was really good to see him start starting to hit some shots. I mean, it was a little bit discouraging to see it not continue throughout the whole game and just seeing how bad he looked on defense. Like There, there was that play where Danny Green just like went right by him to the rim, and it was just not good. Um, and I think you can count on that being pretty consistently bad from him. So that's kind of... Part of why I'm interested to see if Nate will try to move that over to the three for some minutes. Um, not, I mean, you know, they don't have a backup small forward still, and we'll get into the the Joe Young experiment later too. Um, but like that, the defense would be so much better with that playing the small forward position, on, like on the perimeter anyway. So I think if you see some matchups where you can get away with having the two big guys in with some bonus and Turner and you really need someone on the perimeter um yeah i think it could be a, a good situational lineup but we'll see we'll see how that goes i didn't uh, you know i think that would you know boyan is a fast guy like he 
he moves pretty well. Um, you know, he's not like like a super athletic guy, but he can run the floor and has done well with getting layups and transition and everything like that. And you know, you're gonna lose some of that speed if you are essentially swapping out Boyan for like Sabonis in the starting lineup. You know, Sabonis isn't gonna run the floor as well and be able to get out in transition. That's been a really huge weapon for the Pacers so far, like being able to score in transition. So yeah, could be a situational lineup, but um. Yeah, I mean, it was good to see Boyan hit some shots. If he can at least, like, kind of sustain something close to this on a more regular basis and can pull himself out of the slump, then he will be way less of just a vapid, you know, downside. <laughs> um, so, let's see. Uh, yeah, so the, the Joe Young experiment. Um, so, you know, I, I don't want to kill Nate for this because this is the time of the year that you do stuff like this. You know, it's a game in October. So if you have this guy at the end of your bench and you got some minutes and you're like, okay, let's see if this guy can actually give us anything. And it makes sense with Joe Young too, because you want to see like, where does this go with him? He's been on the team, I think like three or four years now. I can't remember. Um, and he's got to be, you know, this has got to be the last year for him to actually prove himself. I don't think he's going to have any more chances to prove himself on the Pacers. Um, and he, so Nate rolled out the bench lineup of him at the one, I guess, Corey Joseph at the two, I guess, and Lance Stevenson at the three, I guess, if you got to assign positions to him. And it looked awful. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he did hit one catch and shoot three, but, um, you know, he's just so bad defensively. And there's, um, you know, the Pacers were leading going into the fourth quarter and they had that lineup out there and, starting the fourth and they just gave up the lead immediately and i think like like six minutes into the fourth quarter um or six minutes left I, it was 15 to 5 the spurs for in the fourth quarter like they had scored five points and it, it just looks so bad and there's he gave up an open three to patty mills just by losing him um he and this is joe young he like just pulled up and took some long jumpers just off the dribble didn't hit him um yeah, he just does not. I I don't think Joe Young's an NBA player, and that sucks. I wish he was. And people are high on him. He like won like that players poll of like what's the rookie that's most likely to be the steal of the draft when he got drafted. Um, yeah, and yeah, he's. I don't think he's an NBA player, and he's he's just really undersized, and he can't play defense, and he's not really good enough on offense. He's like just an okay shooter, and. Uh, and you don't need point guards on this team anyways like that's your deepest position you have you don't need a ball handler like you have enough of those guys on your team already so i i, I don't want to kill nate for like trying it out because like if he comes in he plays great maybe look good in practice i don't know but um i hope we don't see too much more of that because it looked really really bad and just was a dumpster fire on defense um and it doesn't help when you're moving Lance over off ball. And I like, you know, I know that Corey Joseph played really well in those two point guard lineups um, when he was playing in Toronto with Lowry, but I, I don't like love Corey Joseph off ball. I think those lineups work better just because uh, Lowry could shoot. Um, yeah, so I don't like the idea of having three guys that can't shoot as like on like the one two three like that doesn't make sense to me um and you know on that note speaking of not shooting well lance continues to not shoot well um and it was the same stuff um he was one of five for the night his only made basket came on an open catch and shoot three which i need to look up what he shoots for his career on catch and shoot threes because 
I remember when he had his first stint with the Pacers. That was like a shot that he was hitting, and it made a really big difference for them. Like the catch and shoot threes. It wasn't like pull up off the dribble and shoot a three. Like I don't think Lance has ever been good at that. But I do remember that he was shooting really well on catch and shoot threes for the Pacers, and it's you know it's a totally different shot to be able to like hit a catch and shoot three as opposed to like you know being like this ball handler guy and then just pulling up and taking a three and um so maybe that like if maybe he can still have use as a shooter in a catch and shoot role but you know his offense so far it's continued um tonight he just will do a little pick and roll thing and then he'll have a long two and he'll pull up and shoot the long two and he's not hitting him and it's not a good shot anyways just in any general sense like you know, Victor Oladipo can take those shots because he makes them sometimes, you know, and he makes them enough of the time that it works out. I mean, Victor Oladipo is shooting 50% from the field, you know, so far this year. Like, you know, it's great. Like, he's hitting enough of them that he can take them. But even then, you don't want him taking a ton of them. Like, you would rather have shots at the basket or threes or something like that. Um, yeah, it's it's really baffling to me that if if the coaching staff isn't telling Lance to not take those shots, they really need to. Um, and there was like, you know, he, he jacked up some of those shots and then it looked awful. And then he goes down the floor and runs the pick and roll and like gets the ball to Sabonis in a perfect spot. And Sabonis just makes a nice little two foot shot. Like, that's what you need. That's what you need from Lance. And he's good at that. You know, I'm going to sound like a broken record if this keeps happening because that's where he looks good. And the, the jump shot stuff is bad and him playing off ball is not good. And that lineup was a disaster. (laughs) It was just a pure disaster. Um, and, yeah, I think that kind of also ties into will we see Thad Young play at small forward position more? Like, just something to stop having all of this going on. I mean, something's got to ha- happen with Lance. You know, we're going to hear some more about it if this keeps happening. It looks like the same. And if they don't figure out, like, a different shot selection thing for him. Like something I don't know if he's going to stay in the rotation. So yeah, um, that looked rough, but yeah, Hey, <laughs> that's a uh, one little, uh, dark cloud on a, a beautiful day for the Pacers. <laughs> they, they just look great. Um, you know, TJ leaf also didn't look too awesome, but I think they need to be looking for him more, on on offense and just to give you an idea of how this broke down um as starters versus the bench players tonight um starters of victor oladipo plus minus plus 22 sabonis plus 22 bogdanovich plus 14 thad young plus 12 Collison plus 18 move to the bench al jefferson minus 19 Corey joseph minus 21 Lance Stevenson, minus 15, and Joe Young, minus 9 in the 8 minutes that he played. TJ Leaf, also minus 9 in the 11 minutes that he played. And um, I don't think Leaf looked necessarily bad. He only took one shot. I think they should be doing more of that high pick and roll where he just pops out to the top of the key. He looks so good when he's in that position. And he did show his his thing um, where he, like, you know, is taking a three. Someone closes out hard on me. He made a move to the basket and got fouled. Um and only hit one of the foul shots, but the uh, you know I still I didn't think he necessarily looked bad. He just didn't really get any action in this game. Um, Corey Joseph's not really shooting too well. He's he was one of five and oh two from three, but he's solid defensively and makes pretty good decisions. Um, hey, so I think you know three and three so far and beating the Spurs 
and being three and three without Miles Turner for five of those games uh, has been crazy. And so there's a little bit more information coming out about this concussion situation. Um, and it's, you know, I guess it's good that there's more info. It's not like this total mystery thing, but it still seems a little bit concerning um, for sure. So apparently Miles is still in the stage one um, level of the concussion protocol, which means he still has symptoms. So I guess it's not insane that you would still have symptoms of a concussion a week and a half later, um, but it seems like it. And, you know, we were talking about how it didn't come up like during the game, like he didn't leave the game against the Nets. And apparently he got diagnosed with this. The, the like next day he just said his neck was sore and then they tested him for the concussion stuff and he failed and he's um, been with the team but it has a hard time being around the noise and the lights and practice and seems like he it's weird that it's this bad it seems like a bad concussion if like he's still having the effects of this but it, and it's also weird that it's this bad but he didn't notice till the next day or like that he didn't even like complain about it and maybe he was just like you know, didn't think that it was an issue, but um, I, I'm glad that they're being cautious with someone in the the concussion situation. And it's like, you know, it's early in the season. Like, you know, it's a head injury. You got to be very careful with that. Like for the guy's like life and health, like health as a human being, not just as a basketball player. So, I'm glad that they're doing, you know, being like, you know, cautious with it and making sure that he's healthy and okay to actually do this. Um, I hope it's not a longer-term thing where it's going to throw him off. And, you know, we obviously the Pacers are really going to miss him on the floor. And it's going to be hard to see them, like, you know, going 500 for the year if he's not playing, um, you know, if he misses a lot of time. So, you know, I'm a little bit worried, but I guess they're saying that he's getting better every day and that he just needs to – it seems like once he doesn't have the symptoms anymore, then he'll be – good to go it's just the waiting for the symptoms to dissipate um yeah so we'll we'll see how that goes and i'm and i'm still curious to see if they're going to try to pick up anyone um any small forwards that might be lingering out there and i was like trying to look around and seeing if there are any candidates like teams that had some depth like seems like the kings have a lot of players on the wing like like they have like vince carter and garrett temple but they also have justin jackson and buddy healed and uh, Bogdanovich. Um, it'd be funny if the, the, you know the both Bogdanoviches played together. Not that Boban's available; he's not. I don't think at all. But uh, yeah, so, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it just it's hard for the Pacers right now because that's a position where it's just there's not a ton of depth around the league. Like you look at like Pelicans. Like the Pelicans would love to have um, any NBA level talent added <laughs> on the wing. Um, so, but the Pacers have looked okay. They're kind of, you know, like that's definitely a weakness, and you can tell. But they're kind of compensating for it, and yeah, we'll we'll see how it, how it progresses. But an awesome win, and you got to feel great about the way that Victor Oladipo is playing. And even with his flaws and the the seven turnovers and everything like that, if he keeps playing like this with this intensity and keeps uh, showing up in the fourth quarter, like you can't expect it all the time, but. So far, it's like he's worth his contract through six games, and that's a really small sample size and everything. But he's like he's worth it, and it seems like ha- like not having any competition for like this lead dog, you know, role 
uh, as at the guard position and at the wing. There's no perimeter players in the way of him right now. Like Darren Collison's not going to take looks away from him. Uh, Bogdanovich isn't going to take looks away from him. Um, it looks awesome. So uh, great day to be a Pacers fan, and hopefully this will uh, continue. And we'll talk to you soon.